Welcome to the OKC First podcast. Together, we're learning to do three things. Friendship with God. Friendship with one another. And open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. person preaching on the book of Jonah titled his sermon, A Terrible Love of Hatred. And I love that title. I think it's the perfect title for this book. And my favorite quote that I found while studying this week was this, whenever we read the Bible and use it to deny, exclude, and reject living creatures of God, there is Jonah. Are there people in your life you don't want to succeed? Well, then it's time to listen to the story of Jonah. I know the lectionary gave us a few verses out of chapter 3, but there's no way to talk about Jonah without telling the whole story, so here it goes. We know nothing of Jonah's background except his father's name. We don't know where he was when God called him, except that he could get to Joppa to get on a boat. We don't know when God called him, except it had to be after the rise of Assyria, because Nineveh is the capital of Assyria. The Assyrians were always the enemies of Israel, especially after they conquered the northern kingdom of Israel with its capital of Samaria, took people captive, and brought people from all over to live in Israel. They mixed the religion of Yahweh with other religions, and these became the despised Samaritans from the New Testament. But for now, we know Nineveh is the capital of the hated enemy. And God calls Jonah to preach to Nineveh. Well, Jonah flees. He heads for the other side of the world. It would be like you're supposed to go to London, you get on a plane, and you fly to, fly to Tokyo instead. Well, Jonah boards the ship, headed for Tarshish to get away from God. But a violent storm shakes the ship, and every sailor prays to God. Jonah was asleep. How he could sleep, I have no idea, but that's what he was doing. They wake him up and they say, pray to your God, pray to your God. And then they roll the dice to see who's responsible for the storm. And guess where the dice falls? On Jonah. And they ask him, who are you and where do you come from? He says, I'm Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of the heavens and the sea and the land. And he tells them he was running away from this God. And they are horrified at hearing this. What should we do? They screamed into the water and the wind. Pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will be calm. But the men didn't want to do that. So they tried to make it to land, but they could not. So then they decided they were going to pray to this God. Now, don't you find it that here Jonah is a missionary and he makes converts on the ship and he wasn't even trying. These men are praying to God and offering sacrifices to God and Jonah didn't even ask them to do that. But here they are, here they are sacrificing to God. But in the end, there's nothing else to do. So what do they do? But they throw him overboard. And God provides a great fish to swallow him. And what does he do but sit inside the belly for three days and three nights? While Jonah is inside the belly of the whale, 
well, there goes the alarm. <laughs> and then Jonah prays a psalm, and there are different types of psalms. You would expect Jonah to pray a lament psalm, a sorrowful cry because he is sitting in the belly of a whale. But he doesn't pray a lament psalm. He prays a thanksgiving psalm. He is thanking God for saving him from the depths. Once when I was 14, I had not learned to swim well. I was at a lake trying to swim to a dock. I had an air mattress with me and I kept pushing it further and further out until finally I got out there too far to make it back. Should I just stop until you can hear me? Can you all hear me? Okay. All right. I turned around and realized that I couldn't make it back. I said, I can't make it. And I turned around and, and my dad put his glasses in his pocket and came out to get me. I passed out right before he grabbed me, but he, he swam me back to shore. That night I was opened up my Bible and when I opened it up, it opened up to this Psalm in Jonah. And I prayed along with Jonah that God had saved me from the depths. When he finishes the psalm, God commands the fish and it vomits Jonah onto dry land. And Jonah is now fish vomit. And God calls Jonah again to go and preach in Nineveh. And this time he listens. The book says Nineveh was a large city, a three days walk across. In 700 BC, Nineveh comprised about 1,800 acres, and it had 15 large city gates. 18 canals brought water into the, from the hills to the city, and it was truly an impressive and intimidating place. It was perhaps the largest city in the world circa 700 BC with 150,000 inhabitants, twice as many as Babylon had. Well, on the very first day, Jonah starts walking across that great city and he starts preaching that in 40 days they would be overthrown. Now, this, these are warring people, and they know they've got enemies and that, that are out there that can overthrow them. But Jonah tells them they're an out. They must repent and believe in God. Now, the Assyrians had their own gods, a lot of them. Some of them are named Nergal, Shamesh, Ishtar, and Nabu. And great temples were built to them in this great city. But Jonah is asking them to repent to the one true God, Yahweh, to change their religious ways in one instant. And at the very first day he preached his message, the Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, all of them from the least to the greatest, and put on sackcloth and sat down in the dust, which were signs of repentance. The news reached the king, and he rose from his throne and took off his royal clothes, put on sackcloth, and sat down in the dust, and the king put out a decree. By the decree of the king and the nobles, no human, animal, no herd or flock should taste anything. They shall not feed, nor shall they drink water. Humans and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, and they shall cry mightily to God. All shall turn from their evil ways from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, 
God changed his mind about the calamity that he said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Now, Jonah is a missionary, and all the people, including the king, have repented. And we expect the next part of the story to be a party. The people rejoicing. We expect Jonah to be dancing around with the king and everybody, but instead we turn the page and we find a sulking Jonah sitting outside of town. He is angry. He didn't want the people to repent. He hated these people. He wanted God to destroy them. And this is what he says. Oh Lord, is this not what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from punishment. And we find in Jonah's prayer the centerpiece and the main message of the entire Bible. Jonah knew God's character. That's why he fled to Tarshish. He knew that God could and would forgive these people, and all John Jonah wanted was punishment. For what Jonah believes deep in his heart is this. Since they are not my people, they cannot possibly be God's people. And this is what we find that is wrong with the world. This, my friends, is why Russia invaded Ukraine. This is why Hamas bombed Israel and why Israel won't stop bombing Gaza because they believe this statement. If they are not my people, they cannot be God's people. This is why Gandhi and Mandela and Martin Luther King suffered. They dared to stand up and say, all are God's people. And sadly, most of the world think like Jonah and they want the Ninevites to be destroyed. Well, how does God respond to Jonah? Well, God causes a bush to grow over him so that he is in the shade and Jonah is happy about the bush. However, Jonah is still sitting there sulking. When dawn comes the next day, God appoints a worm to attack the bush so that it withers. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said that it's better to me than to die than to live. I don't know about you, but I find this kind of comical. Jonah is sort of like a toddler throwing a fit for not getting his way. And God is making it worse. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. Can you just see his lips sticking out like this with his, his arms like this, kicking his feet? And then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. And it came into being in a night and perished in a night. And you should not be concerned. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, a great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals. The story of Jonah is one that we have to return to over and over because our world screams. If they are not my people, they cannot be God's people. But the Bible teaches and Jesus proclaims all are God's people and that no one stands outside 
the love of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.